For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome back to another edition of the podcast lead singer syndrome i'm your host as always shane told i feel like there's been a lot less episodes lately because there has been i had uh, some vocal problems on tour lost my voice luckily i was able to put out an episode last week and today we're back with another great episode with a person I've wanted to talk to for a very long time. Now this band, if you're Canadian or if you're from Australia perhaps, you probably know them very well and they are an absolute staple of 90s Canadian alternative rock music. There's no question. And I'm talking about this week's guest, Jeff Martin of The Tea Party. I remember watching these music videos as a teenager, maybe even a pre-teenager on Much Music and just the intrigue that I had for this band because they truly are, they were and are a very unique band, but they're still at it. Jeff called me from Australia to do this interview and it was really, really great to pick his brain about all things Tea Party. Very, very cool. Before we get into that, always a little reminder. You can get in touch with me. You can email me. I read all my emails. 
leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. That gets it done. If you want to support the podcast, support the show financially, it does cost money to run this thing. Please check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club on Patreon. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I almost forgot for a second. And that'll get you in for as little as $6 a month. You get a whole bunch of bonus content, bonus episodes, merchandise access, and of course, access to a great community and me because I'm in it. So come hang, okay? It's a good time. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I also want to thank everybody who has come out to see Silverstein on our grand return to the stage. It certainly feels that way. I mean, it's been a massive, massive tour. People coming out in droves and they're very excited that live music is back. I'm very excited that live music is back and it has been far too long. So shout out to everybody that's that's been coming out to the shows. It's been really fun. And of course, all my sinners worldwide. Also want to thank some of our new sponsors. You'll hear the ads in the middle. Great, great, great products as always. So make sure you check them out because supporting them also supports this show. But without further ado, I say let's get on with it. And here is my conversation with Jeff Martin of the Tea Party. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, there he is. What's up, man? Oh, you know, just trying to get time zones right and all that stuff. <laughs> it happens, man. No, I appreciate you uh, waking up in the morning out in Australia and, and talking to me. I'm uh, I'm calling you from Dallas, Texas. So, yeah, this is... I mean, it's kind of amazing if you think about it, we can even do this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How long you been in Dallas for? Uh, well, I'm just here for the day. I'm in a band. Uh, we're on tour playing Dallas today. Okay. So uh, I'm. it's funny. I'm, I'm from Toronto area uh, originally. I, I've lived in Windsor for three years. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I've... Um, I've come to, to your hometown now where I've lived for the last three years and uh, I've actually really enjoyed it. I, the hustle and bustle of Toronto got a little old for me and a little bit slower pace in Windsor and I, I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, Windsor's got its quirks. I love it. You know? Ab- absolutely, man. Well, um, first of all, I'm here with Jeff Martin of the Tea Party, of course. And uh, first of all, congrats on the new EP. Uh, it's out today. Yeah. Sun Shower. Yeah. Uh, tell me tell me about this thing. I, I know it's kind of a companion piece to the last EP, Black River, uh, which was a really great release. Um, how are you feeling about this thing? Oh, I'm very proud, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, feeling very fortunate that I could, finally, I could finally see the light of day because, um, you know, this situation that we've all been going through and... Um, and especially the distance between um, Jeff and I and Stuart right now, uh, just yeah. geographically, right? Sure, sure. Uh, it's been it's been hard, man. You know, so like this is a it's very much a labor of love because we, um, I think we did the uh, the bed tracks for this one in Vancouver in October of 2020, right? Right. So, um, 
Or is it no? Or is it two, 2019? Yes, Melissa's just correct. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, it's a long time between drinks, right? And um, you know, and then um, then the pandemic hits, and then you know, I was sort of, you know, like it's it's always been a case of like you know the band we do you know the bed tracks, and then I, I take it away and I you know build up the soundscape and you know the production and write the lyrics, do the vocals, all that stuff, but. Uh, but usually I've got my bandmates around me, you know, when I'm doing that. Right. And, uh, it was, it was kind of strange to be doing it on my own and, and all that, uh, you know, without the, um, you know, just the, the moral backup, you know, from, from yeah. my two best friends. But, uh, yeah. but we got there in the end and, um, like, you know, absolutely like this, uh, these five songs, um, stand neck and neck with anything that the tea party's done in my opinion. So I'm very proud of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Australia puts another hurdle in that too, because, uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, Australia had the strictest, you know, uh, regulations, which, you know, they do for everything, you know, try bringing a granola bar there, but you know, um, <laughs> no, seriously though. I mean, I had a friend that was making a record in Australia. He had to, a producer, he had to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel, yeah. you know, before he was allowed to get in there and the strictest stuff. So it's, if that's just, you kind of have to accept, okay, we're making this record remotely and you not to say you can't do it because you did, but you guys come from a time when it's like, okay, we're going to get in a room, you know, we're going to get the vibe going. We're going to use oh, yeah. instrumentation that isn't traditional either. And that is just, you know, is that the same hearing? So, you know, I don't know. I know you play a million instruments. One of those kind of instruments, like through a computer from, you know, it's not the same. Right. So that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of challenges. Yeah, there was, yes, there was a lot of challenges in that manner. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like basically the only thing that I'm using the computers for, you know, is uh, just to get the data across the telegraph wires, you know, but uh, right. everything else that I do is very, very analog still to this day because, well, you can't beat it. You know, you just can't beat the sound. So. No, no, absolutely. Uh, another thing that's kind of interesting about this release is, and in your statement, you even said you're kind of bringing some positivity here. Uh, you know, a little bit more light uh, into this music, which I was a little bit surprised, you know, coming from a band that is known for such dark material yeah. um, over the years. And, and you know, kind of to be honest, it kind of is kind of making me smile right now. And it's pretty cool that you guys are open to doing that, you know, at this time. Well, you know, you have to come from a place of truth when you're writing music, right? And, um, you know, when um, when I was writing, like, The Edges of Twilight and Transmission and records like that, even Interzone, um, you know, like, I was I was in dark places, you know, and um, so the, the lyrics were a reflection, um, an honest reflection of my psyche at that time. And um, I'm sorry to say, actually, I'm not sorry to say, I, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in my life now, you know, and... Uh, Great. Got my beautiful wife and uh, my two boys and, um, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's good times these days, you know, and, um, and I have to reflect what I'm feeling, you know? I, lo I love it. I mean, that's, that's the honest, I, I feel like your music has always been honest. So, so this is a new chapter for the tea party and, uh, and let's go bring it on. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I mentioned that I'm in Windsor now, um, and you know, to be honest, of course, I grew up knowing your band and, you know, um, understanding 
you know, where you, a little bit of where you come from, but now living there and, you know, um, my partner worked at the casino, you know, guys playing big shows there and, and everything else. And, and you guys are just kind of like the hometown heroes of, of Windsor, even still to this day. What was it like growing up there? I mean, it's obviously not a huge hotbed um, for music. I don't know if it was different in the 90s. Um, but what was it like, you know, growing up? Did you go into Detroit for shows all the time? Um, you know, what was the vibe like? I, I spent a lot of time, um, well, Jeff and I and Stuart, so, you know, we were always like, you know, every weekend going across the border, you know, like, cause, uh, you know, that's where like, uh, you know, the, the good clubs were and the music scene. Um, you know, my father was uh, very much into the blues. And so, you know, my dad, like at a very young age, uh, like I would have been like 11, 10 years old, he would take me to uh, uh, what was once, um, you know, Detroit's dirtiest blues bar. It was called the Soup Kitchen. It doesn't exist anymore. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, went there many times with my dad to see, you know, incredible artists like Albert King and, you know, Albert Collins, things like that, you know, just like playing, you know, because like, they would have done like a big show at Fox Theater. And then afterwards, you know, everyone goes back to the soup kitchen and it's the same guys and they're jamming, you awesome. know. And um, I actually got up on stage when I was 11 years old and uh, with Albert King, you know, and all that stuff. So it was a pretty good experience, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but you know, like in, in Detroit rock radio, um, like let's let's talk about that because you know when when the Tea Party when we went up to Toronto, you know, to try to break uh, you know break the scene in Toronto, it was culture shock for us because Toronto was so Canadian music, like uh, you know, just uh, concentrated, right? Like right. just bands that we had never heard of. You know, because all we got was Detroit rock radio. So, you know, we grew up on, you know, the Led Zeppelins and Stones and all that stuff. And I'm not saying people in Toronto didn't didn't do that as well. Of course they did. But there was more like um, more of a concentration of respect for Canadian content up in Toronto. Yeah. So and when we got up there, we didn't we didn't know most of those bands, you know. So uh, <laughs> so I guess that's kind of like what made the tea party stand apart in the Canadian rock scene as well at that time, because totally, you know, like we were so right. Well, basically, you know, American or even English, you know what I mean? Because of just uh, the influences that we had. So. That is, that is so interesting. It's literally on my list here of questions. I, I say that why I asked you about Detroit was because, you know, your musical tastes are so different. People can, people try to compare the tea party to other alternative bands that formed in the 1990s, but you always set yourself apart. And I imagine in some ways, maybe that was hard because you never fit in that box. Like you would go on tour with, you know, other Canadian bands and you would do well, but you were always very different. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, like, um, and also too, when we came out, you know, in, in 93, you know, everyone was trying to more or less like, you know, smell like teen spirits. Right. And it was sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. And like the grunge thing was just not something that we were interested in, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's just like, I had this idea for the tea party to, you know, take the, like, you know, like when Led Zeppelin, you know, were at their peak, like with cashmere and things like that. And I wanted to take that and run with it, you know, go further, you know? And, um, you know, and that's why the edges of twilight, you know, came about like, uh, that record for a young Canadian rock band, like, you know, no one did that and no one's done, done that since, you know, like that amount of, 
instrumentation and you know and it's just three guys and we're not using any other musicians and you know and those songs and like how you know just gigantic some of those songs are you know it's uh yeah it's it's definitely it's still it's uh it's one of our proudest statements that's for sure no it's 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 absolutely amazing that you, you were able to put that together i mean at the time and and with you know what you knew about music at such a young age to kind of find you know um your own sound that was so different and you know the term of course moroccan roll uh you were labeled a long time ago and you still you embrace it i mean i've heard you say that it's not something you roll your eyes um you know but like where did that exactly come from? Like I always said, it's kind of like Beatles era, you know, uh, Ravi Shankar uh, on steroids, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's just so un, it's just, no one was doing that. And I just really wonder where, when that light bulb went off in your head, that was like, wait a second, this is going to be our thing. Well, I'll tell you what, so I'm 11 years old again, that age, that kind of age. Um, <laughs> I uh, I had a cousin um, who was probably about four years older than I was, right? He was my first cousin. His name was Michael. And um, up until 11 years old, I was obsessed with the Beatles, okay? But the Beatles that I was obsessed with uh, was the, you know, the early era, I want to hold your hand, she loves you, you know, please, please me, all that stuff, right? The red, The red greatest hits. Exactly. Yeah. Cause the, cause the old Beatles, like the blue greatest hits, like they, even the look of them scared me at 11 years old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but my cousin decided at 11, when I turned 11, that uh, my education had to like, you know, begin with like how great the Beatles actually were. And so he bought me Sergeant Peppers when I was 11. Right. And when I started listening to that, and then I heard that Ravi Shankar track within you, without you, and my brother, it is like um, that 11-year-old kid um, remembered everything. Like, I don't know if you believe in past lives, but uh, I do. And I know that there's no way that a kid that age could start to remember and understand all those melodies and everything else, right? And obviously that growing up in Windsor, um, you're not going to find a sitar, you know, within like, you know, 500 miles. Right. But, uh, but my dad, like he would give me an allowance. And so when we'd go over to Detroit you know, on the weekends, and there's this great record store we'd go to. And, um, I would go to the world music section and, you know, if the cover had an instrument on it that I've never seen before, right. I would buy that record, bring it home and just digest it. Right. You know, just absolutely take it into my psyche. So I guess what happened was when the tea party was formed and I became, you know, the musical leader, um, I had an opportunity to, um, take those influences. Right. And my love of like, you know, the rock, like the majestic rock power of your Zeppelins and, and yeah. all that. And, and I, I wanted to fuse it all together. And, um, so didn't have the instruments at the time, like on the first record, but, uh, you know, but I had my guitar and I started, you know, with all those different tunings just to try to make my guitar sound like those instruments. And, and then, you know, so we were lucky, like, uh, well, fortunate Splendor Solace, you know, was a massive hit for us, our first record. And so EMI then threw the bank at us for the edges of twilight. So, 
instead of uh, instead of drugs and women and you know fast cars and all that, <laughs> we pretty much spent a lot of that money on just buying instruments. You know, so we were in Los Angeles and there was like just shipments coming from San Francisco for the Edges of Twilight sessions. Yeah, and you know, I just learned how to play them all on the spot. You know, wow. Well, how many instruments do you, do you know how many instruments you play, uh, or have, you know, proficiency in? I don't know, man. Like it's probably <laughs> as far as world instruments, like stringed instruments. So I probably got like 20 or 30, you know, around here. So, wow. Uh, and speaking of the Beatles, have you had a chance? I know it just came out yesterday. Uh, the new documentary that Peter Jackson did, uh, get back. Have you heard about it? No, this? I've been reading about it. I want to, I want to definitely watch it. So over the next couple of days, it came out yesterday. I watched about the first I was getting a little tired last night, but I watched the first hour of it and oh my God, dude, it's, it's awesome. Like just seeing those guys together, yeah. you know, just shooting the shit like, and you're like, it's the fucking Beatles. It is, it is incredible. You, yeah. You watch it tonight, man. You, uh, you're going to love it. I will do that. Yeah. Um, so when you sit down to write a song, what's your approach? I mean, do you, do you go to some of these strange instruments for inspiration or is it like you're still sitting down with you know an acoustic guitar and and kind of looking for a melody like how, how do you approach it uh, it's just there's so many different ways you know i mean i'd say well what about what about the new ep then how, you know um maybe pick one from there uh, the new ep definitely um um four of the five songs uh you know started uh, on an acoustic guitar you know and then the band started jamming it out right but um the song the beautiful um that's a, like that came from Stewart's bass line. Cool. So like that whole song just came from his bass, and then you know we built it up together. And actually, the beautiful um, Melissa and I, my wife, uh, we wrote the lyrics to that song together. You know, so it's uh, very moving in that way because it's a song about you know having to leave, you know, to go on tour or things like that, and like, you know how your heart is just you know aching to get back home. You know, sure, yeah. All that, but um, but yeah, this EP uh, Sunshower, it was very back, very much back to um, you know like the way we started. So it's funny that you brought up the Beatles and get back because it's kind of like what they did at the end. You know, like they got, and I'm not saying it's the end. I don't want this to be the end for the Z Party, but it's back to it's back to our beginnings, like how we you know used to write songs. You know, because that's how we did it. You know, and then. When Edges of Twilight and Transmission came about, you know, well then, you know, the song, um, the song structure, the song method, writing, um, well, that's, that became a different beast altogether. So this one is very much, uh, it's rock and roll, you know, primal, just rock music. So Absolutely. Um, another thing that's always amazed me, you know, to be frank, is it's just that you produced everything as well. You know, and you've, and you mixed a lot of it too. Yeah. And you know, record like transmission, it still sounds awesome. And it wasn't just a typical rock band either. You were, mi you were mixing, you know, or recording all this unique instrumentation. I mean, you must've worked very hard, but how did you learn that? I mean, these days, like you go on YouTube, you can figure some stuff out back in those <laughs> days. I mean, did you have other producers that were mentors Were you just, was it trial and error? Because it really like, you know, going, doing a deep dive in your catalog, um, you know, preparing for this and some, you know, some of these records, <clears throat> I've heard the singles on the radio and stuff, but you know, some of those album tracks I hadn't heard in years, they sound great. And it's, it's really impressive, especially being the songwriter and singer and having to jump into that director's chair 
at that time, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a choice I made, um, you know, even back with Splendor Solace, like, I wanted to, okay, I wanted to be the producer for a few reasons, you know, one is that, um, I really didn't know how to explain what was going on in my head to someone else. Right. Because there was, it was, it was just a, a different, a different thought process. Right. And, um, and also too, you know, well, my hero, Jimmy Page, you know, well, he produced all the Zeppelin records. So I was like, you know, yeah. I'm going to produce all the Tea Party records. Right. But, and then, you know, EMI called my bluff, you know, cause like, they're like, okay, kid, you produce it. Right. Wow. But I was fortunate because the engineer that uh, worked with us on Splendor Solace, right? Uh, Glenn Robinson was his name. He taught me so much on that record about, you know, the, the science of analog recording, you know, tape, and, you know, the Neve console and all that stuff and everything else, right? And then with Edges of Twilight, you know, um, Ed Stasium co-produced that with me, right? And like Ed was, you know, he's a legend, right? And so again, the education that I got from just watching, yeah. you know, the technical side of things. Right. Um, and it was great because then, you know, like with those two records behind me, um, now I could just focus on it myself. Like I've always had great engineers like Nick Blagona, Paul Pilzenix, you know, things like that. But, uh, but I could, you know, now I could speak the language to the engineers and tell them exactly what I want done. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I, I would know, I knew all the tricks and all that. So, uh, and it continues to this day, you know, like, uh, Marty back who, um, who mixed the new, uh, EP, like he's a sensational, um, uh, talent and he's in your hometown now in Windsor. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And he's, he's an amazing, amazing producer in his own right. But, uh, you know, I just wanted a fresh set of ears when it came to mixing the record, you know, and even though like him and I, basically mixed it together but i'm over here he's at the tools in windsor right but i'm uh, you know i'm guiding him along the process right and um and it was great it's a great um um outcome like i think the record sounds amazing he did a fantastic job and um you know takes a little bit off my plate now knowing that i can just you know hand it off to marty and um you know i don't have to i mean i could but I would rather someone else do it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll stick to the production and the engineering. And that's like, that's my forte. But, um, you know, especially these days when it comes to mixing, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of new tricks that, uh, I haven't really kept up with, you know? Sure, of course. And, um, but Marty certainly has, like he's at the top of the game. So, I'd rather just give it to, to someone like that, you know, that has all the tricks up their sleeves, but also a fresh pair of ears as well. Cause you know, I was, I've been working on that EP for a long time and, uh, you know, and he just got to step back at one, at a certain points and, you know, let those new, uh, those new processes come through, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, speaking of Jimmy page, here's my hot take of the day. Jimmy Page, better producer than guitar player. Oh. <laughs> ah. I, okay, listen. There was a time um, when, you know, around like, uh, around that Zeppelin Four era, you know, when, like, especially when, um, you know, the film, the song remains the same was filmed, you know, like. Right. 
I think Jimmy was at his like the peak of his powers as a guitarist at that point. You know, sure. We all know. We all know that uh, you know the vices kicked in, right, and all that. And uh, you know, and like you know, when we say vices, like especially in the seventies, like it's like fucking Mount Everest of vices. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and that probably you know that's uh, it's going to affect anyone you know yeah, um, yeah for sure but but yeah like I, you know his production techniques and like you know like what he did um, I I think that that stuff that's a really hard question to answer and I don't want to answer it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to force you to uh, at all. But okay. I will say this though: if you're going to pick a hack in Led Zeppelin, probably also Jimmy Page. <laughs> he's probably the worst. He's probably the worst player in the band, and he's one of the best guitar players ever. So uh, anyway, I. Uh, but I digress, my friend. Um, another thing I want to talk about um, is music videos, because you know when you guys came up. At that time, you know, and then in the 90s, music videos were incredibly important, especially in Canada. Um, how much of that did you care about? Because you seem like such a nerd when it comes to music. And I mean that in the best way possible, by the way. Okay. All right. That, that, that you know, your image was, you know, the way your image was perceived and everything. Like, you were... You were the much music sex symbol of the 1990s. And I don't know how much of that was thought about or if it was just you. Uh, you know, I mean, like the music, the band's image was always going to be different. And it was not something really that we, uh, that we forced, you know what I mean? We, um, we just, we had this girl that was working for us. Um, her name was Renee Beach and, um, she was our stylist for, you know, a lot of those years. And she understood, like, uh, the music and where the, like, the fashion would uh, uh, complement the music that we were making, right? Yeah. But we never did we never did anything that we didn't want to do, yeah. you know? So she would bring a lot of options to us, and nine times out of ten, they were fucking right on, you know? And, uh, and yeah, so, like, you know, the Tea Party um, definitely stood out from the other Canadian bands as well, like just from the, the, the videos, like, you know, quite dark, our videos and the, uh, and the fashion that we had, you know, and, um, but it was, uh, it was a wonderful time, you know, because a record companies had money to make those videos, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. B, B, there was, uh, an outlet for the videos to be played on, you know, like much music is not a video station anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And yeah, yeah. So, and there's really, you know, these days, like, um, you know, the last video we made was for the ocean at the end. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just too much wasted money. You know, like there's like so many, like, I'd rather spend the money now on like, you know, touring and, and things like that to do it properly, you know, than waste money on a video that, you know, like what's going to like played on YouTube and you know, it's just, it's not the same, it's not the same vibe anymore, you know? And no, no, no. I mean, it's the golden era of the nineties when you had, you know, those, those classic videos, like, I mean, and I, I'll put some of your videos up there, but you know, you think of like November rain and like, you know, those kind of videos, it'll never happen again. The, the music video is, 
it's it's dead. It'll never the budgets will never be the same. The the quality and the the thought put into them will never be the same. And that's not to say that there aren't great videos now that bands will make sometimes. But yeah, I think that 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 era is over, unfortunately. Yeah, like I, I've been tossing around um, the idea. Stuart and I have been talking about it. Is uh, perhaps like you know um, for the next new batch of like the tea party music uh, because we were seriously considering you know going back to you know the middle east and india turkey things like that for the the next batch of music yeah um is us doing like a short film you know it's like half documentary half you know uh conceptual right and doing something like that that then it's art you know again right and uh but it it would make sense. Sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah. And it's interesting and informative, for, you know, for your fans. I, I totally think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So obviously anyone listening to this, uh, if you're based in Canada, you know, you know, the tea party and you guys have had a tremendous amount of success in Australia where you now live, but I feel like you guys never pushed too hard to try to break in the U S I know, obviously being a border kid and going to the US you, you know all about it and I know in Europe you guys had some pretty big opportunities you guys played rock and ring and rock and park and you know but but you've typically focused on the places where you have success um walk me through that part of your career I know obviously like there was a big divide between Canada and the US in terms of you know signing to EMI Canada and all that but what what was that you know navigating that like you know back in the day uh, it was um, it was a pain in the ass to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when um, when Transmission came out, um, I was very excited. We got signed to Atlantic Records in the states. You know, so obviously, yeah. the history of Atlantic with Led Zeppelin, you know, Zeppelin and blues, and you know, like Amaturgan and all that. Right? It was just like this is fantastic. Yeah. Right. And. Um, and our A and R guy, uh, his name was Tim Summer, and he was so passionate about the band. Uh, great, great gentleman, fantastic talent in his own right. And um, you know, uh, Tr uh, Temptation came out, and we were the number one added rock song, you know, in America, right? So it looked like okay, this is all taking off. Here we go, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's like. Um, Inter, um, you know, inter-employee squabble between him and another A and R guy, right? And the other A and R guy was more senior than him, right? So he gets fired, and we get because we were Tim's band, right? right, right. We get we get put down in the shuffle, like we get like basically buried because we weren't the other guy's band, you know. Terrible. And it was over. Terrible. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's like that, you know what I mean? Like these, these people, it's like, you know, that have no talent, but have the power, you know, like that's, that's what frustrated me back then, you know? And, um, and so after that, it was just like really sour taste in my mouth at least. And, um, I wasn't really interested at all in touring the States anymore. Like it was just, uh, you know, we like, obviously we have a, a beautiful relationship. Like Buffalo, New York is massive for us, right? Seattle is yep. massive for us. And, and every time we play Los Angeles, well, it's sold out, but it's a lot of expats in Los Angeles, but in Buffalo and in Seattle, it's all Americans and it's great, you know, and we love to do that. But anything else, uh, it would just be, it would be too much time on the road. And, um, you know, and 
I'm older now and I want my comfort. <laughs> I want to be, you know, and I want to like, I want to get back to my family as soon as possible with, you know, but I still want to give, I want to give fans everything I can, but you know, like the days of being on the road for three months, like, you know, that's never going to happen again. So. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love your honesty. Thank you for that, Jeff. Um, yeah. And we got the debut self-titled album, 30 years now, and it's getting the 30th anniversary treatment remixed remastered um i'm not sure a lot of people you know casual people really understand the amount of work that is going into that i mean we're talking about analog reels of tape right probably two inch tape you recorded that on um uh no, no we actually recorded that on um uh it was half inch and um, okay, okay, and it was done on an eight track. Oh wow! Yep. <laughs> so, so you did you have these tapes, to, or, or were they already put on another format? How how did this how did this all happen? Uh, they were put. They were yeah. They were put on another format, and um, and essentially we didn't really. Uh, there wasn't really much remixing okay. done. There was bits and bobs, but it was it was mostly it was the remastering that. Uh, took place and um and that was still a difficult job you know but uh, uh the final outcome uh, i was pretty impressed with um to say the least and um it's just funny though it's like it's funny to listen to that now like with what the tea party has become you know it's like that does like, it doesn't even sound like my voice <laughs> so it's just very strange you know yeah, it, yeah it, you're right. It doesn't. And it's, yeah, it is interesting, right? How you kind of, you know, if you think back at your own personal, let's just call it vocal history, and this is Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. So we talk about singing once in a while, how like there wasn't like just one day you started sounding different, right? Like there was a, an evolution of your voice. But when you compare, uh, you know, uh, Sun Shower, yeah, to the first record, it doesn't sound like the same person. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite strange, you know, because... I think I was just trying to find my voice, you know, but even like, even up till, uh, you know, um, transmission, like through edges of twilight, you know, I was, I, I can hear me in edges of twilight uh, on a lot of the songs, but then on some of them, you know, it just sounds like, uh, it's, it's, a, you know, different, different soul almost. And, uh, I feel, I feel that like when triptych sort of came around, that's when my voice finally landed you know and yeah because then i like i had everything at my disposal like as far as my voice was concerned i could i could do the falsetta if i wanted to i could do the big power screams you know i could keep it like the baritone nice and low if i had to but i was actually now singing as well you know so um yeah it's uh it took it took a while it was a journey but um you know here we are. Here, here we are. Is it true that you have perfect pitch? Um, well, that's what they say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. um, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, because, um, when things are out of tune, uh, I have to either walk out of the room or correct it, you know? <laughs> right. So like if, if someone hums a note, you know what note it is? Um, yes, yes. And no, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a different situation all the time, but, Hey, but my brother, um, I've got another interview that's going to be coming up in about two minutes, just to let you know. Yeah, man. Sure. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for 
the time and congratulations on the uh, the new EP that's out today. Uh, can I play a track for the people from it? What what, uh, what would you like to pick? Uh, brother, let's go with the, the new single. Let's do a Hole in My Heart, okay? Hole in My Heart. All right, here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Jeff Martin, thank you very much, man. All the best. Thanks, brother. Okay, bye now. All right, take care. from the tea party and thank you to jeff martin and the whole team for having him on i know he had to leave a little abruptly but he's a busy guy lots going on in the world of the tea party i really hope that i'm able to see 
the Tea Party on stage. I've never seen them my whole life. I feel like in their heyday, I was like sort of too young and then they broke up for a while and, and everything else. So it would be very cool and I hope I can make that happen. Next week, I will be back with another great episode. We're approaching episode 300. That's very exciting as well. I love it all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. And also, remember, we're at the end of the year. Mike Howell and I will be doing our end of the year, album of the year, special New Noise episode. We're going to try to do it live on Twitch on December 22nd. And it'll be on the podcast side right here, of course, as well. So look out for that. It's going to be very hard to come up with a top 10 list. Disgustingly hard. But stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a classic, classic Tea Party song. Here is Temptation on Lee Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time.